This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are tuned in to the Foul Weather Podcast, the forecast to your next successful hunt. Coming to you from the home office, Jack's Reef, New York. The Foul Weather Podcast team addresses climate change as interpreted by a mallard, who stretched the polar vortex, ducks on the grill for Thanksgiving Eve, a great dog with an unknown liver disease, and your duck migration forecast, all on today's episode of the Foul Weather Podcast. We thank our every week listeners. You know who you are. Those that never miss a single migration forecast episode each Monday morning. Y'all are as ate up as me about ducks, duck biology, and duck migration. You know where the ducks are at before the ducks know where they are at. Think about that. You know where the ducks are at before the ducks know where they are at. Our dedicated weekly listeners can pick the best days to hunt because the Foul Weather Podcast forecasts fresh ducks. Hot, fresh, hot ducks from the north. Shoot the ducks from the north before they know where they are at. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, coming to you from the home office in Jack's Reef. Fresh ducks in Jack's Reef but also a sick dog story. As a reminder, we produce the only duck migration forecast available. All other migration reports are just that, reports. They tell you where ducks were yesterday or very often last week. We use mathematical models to forecast duck migration each week from October to January for the Central, Mississippi, and Atlantic flyways. We drop episodes each Monday morning for the next week so you know what days are best to hunt fresh ducks. We're going to be a bit braggadocious here this week about the Foul Weather Podcast because we've been hearing about the accuracy of our forecast from across duck country. Really nothing makes us happier than putting our fellow duck hunters into the marsh at just the right time to shoot fresh ducks. We ourselves shot local marshes on Saturday for the opener of our second split, and as predicted, you know we had very few of those early ducks left. Um, but we had flight ducks. We had flight mallards and black ducks coming in. Uh, we had migrants for about the first hour as the sun rose. I mean, these ducks were hot from the north. They drove into the marsh like expected. They pitched hard. They worked spreads, and they, they, they really worked to calls, and they kind of hung like strings at 15 yards for, for easy picking. It was really a classic duck migration day. Um, I ended my day with great dog work by Jaeger. Uh, we call her Baby Jaeger because she's a 48-pound, what we call a pocket lab. Um, so great dog work, four mallards, and a prime black duck. Um, I did lose a super stud pintail, which will kind of probably haunt me for some time. It dropped kind of head, heads up, and it hit the ice and then dove, and it, it never came up. Um, we did have a bit of ice out there, but, you know, win some lose some right we also had a friend in from out of town that kind of saw the same fresh flight mallards just like the foul weather podcast forecasted and cooperative you know fresh ducks right they shot he and his buddy shot eight birds and went home happy by the sounds of it we hope everybody had a wonderful thanksgiving with family and friends we spent this year with the neighbors and did some deer hunting ourselves at the farm 
on Thanksgiving Eve, we grilled ducks three different ways. Um, and my good friend and neighbor brought doves from a, a trip with his son um, to the uh, kind of desert southwest from earlier this fall. We did the duck kebab and whole roast duck recipes from the Fowl Eater page at foulweather.co. Uh, but we did a brand new recipe that we will release soon. Um, not sure what the entire name for the recipe will be, but we might go with uh, shirky cut with blue corn rub. So on a coming Kitchen Conversations episode, we visit Winus Point Shooting Club and Marsh Conservancy, of which the Shirky family has a long history on this great property. Uh, it happens that Mr. Shirky came up with this shirky cut years ago that incorporates the breast and leg with skin on. Um, this cut grills nearly perfectly, and it's even easier than a whole duck, you know, whole plucked duck recipe. We recently developed a rub that gives the shirky cut um, a crunchy flavor that incorporates ground blue corn, Tony's, Old Bay, paprika, coarse ground pepper, garlic salt, basil, and thyme. I mean, this this rub and, and this, this duck cook this way is to die for. We grilled it over oak and hickory charcoal, super hot, turning it regularly. I mean, who not so shabby. We serve the whole ducks with plum sauce from Plums on the Farm in Jack's Reef, a recipe my, my wife made and canned. Uh, the doves were awesome, you know, bacon-wrapped dove. It was a great night with great people over a few beers and wild game to boot. I don't know. We couldn't imagine life any different. We might be from New York, um, but probably not the New York you think about. I mean, at the Foul Weather Podcast, we truly believe that people throughout duck country are really all cut from the same thread. And at the end of the day, we all speak a common language. Duck country is duck country, right? No matter where you go, duck country is duck country. We all love wild places, wetlands, wet dogs, hot barrels, good friends in the marsh, hot grills, good kitchen conversations at home and camp, and good eats from the day's harvest. I mean, having traveled many roads across duck country, it is without doubt that discussion and debate about how to hunt ducks, duck migration, duck decoys, duck calling, and duck recipes result in wonderful friendships. Okay, so that kind of mystery dog disease issue noted earlier. This is a bit of a slower roll comment at the Foul Weather Podcast. Um, our dogs are family here. So this comment is maybe something that'll help others with dog issues as well. I mean, maybe we help someone with, with a similar issue. In no way is this about, you know, making entertaining co content. It's about helping out, you know, our fellow duck hunters and dog owners across duck country. We've been quiet about this to date, but our baby Jaeger, our 48-pound pocket lab, we also call her Peanut, um, has some type of liver disease. Um, she's six and a half years old and has just probably really hit her stride as a, as a duck dog this year. She has over 65 retrieves under her belt this season, which is pretty good for a little under half of our um, season in New York having passed so far. So she has some high liver enzymes that basically indicate that she's using liver tissue faster than it is being rebuilt. Uh, I'm not going to get into the exact enzyme type or anything here. There's a lot of this stuff you can do through blood tests, uh, which is how we picked it up during an annual physical a while back. She started in the area of, of around 600 units, and now is it's in the high 700 realm over the last three months. 2,000 on this scale is like full liver failure. 
Um, and she should be somewhere around, I think, 150 or, or so for this type of test. So she's been creeping up. Uh, we have real no real indication that, that she's sick other than these liver values, um, but we have her scheduled for a liver biopsy in early December to hopefully pin down what exactly the problem is and maybe then how we can solve it. Our rescheduled date for that liver biopsy is mid-January because we've got a big trip. Uh, my neighbor and I are taking to the Boot Hill in Missouri, the Mississippi Alluvial Valley, and the Texas coast for three big duck hunting stops. If her liver values are still reasonable, she's making that entire trip, and we're doing the biopsy after to give her that trip with us rather than being laid up. So anyhow, stay tuned as we go through this process because it sounds, it really sounds like uh, more Labrador retrievers, more labs are running into this type of liver issue from what we heard from our vet and specialist. So Maybe somehow we can we can help someone else out here too. No matter, I mean, right now there's not a lot we can do about it. She's curled up in front of the wood stove after a classic, you know, later season duck hunt in duck country. Um, you all know it when we say it. She's family, and this is, uh, you know, very hard to think that we might, you know, possibly lose her before uh, next duck season hits. Um, we really couldn't even imagine that happening. So we're doing all we can to, you know, keep her with us and, and keep doing what she does so well. Okay, so that's stretched polar vortex, right, man? I mean, science is easy. Life is hard. Um, okay, so let's hit on this climate change comment uh, here, folks. The Foul Weather Podcast team is not here to make any political comment on climate change. We simply aim to talk factors that affect duck migration and understand if the weather that makes Mr. Mallard migrate has changed. Many of you have seen changes in duck migration in your time and heard about it over the generations that are logged in the hunting diaries of your families. What we've been doing is trying to put some science to that and really put some numbers to if um, the weather that causes mallards to migrate has changed or not. Let's just start with some general timing of mallard migration. Um, Mallard migration timing as logged by Elon Eaton in the Birds of New York published in 1911 noted that they peaked in early November in New York. All right. At that time, there weren't many mallards in New York, right? Most of that was black ducks, but black ducks peaked at about the same time too. Nowadays, our weather severity index predicts and migration reports confirm that mallard migration peaks at least a month later on most years in early December. We calculated changes in the weather severity index and published that research in the scientific journal, the Wildlife Society Bulletin, back in 2017. What we found was that weather known to cause mallard migration has become milder during November, December, and January since 1980 in the Mississippi and Atlantic flyways. And that the area available to mallards, because wetlands were no longer frozen and fields were no longer covered in snow, had increased substantially at mid-latitudes as compared to the past. That is, ducks could winter farther north. We also found this trend for black ducks and pintails during that same November to January period, and for green-winged teal and widgeon for the October and November kind of early season period. In that Wildlife Society bulletin study for the November to January period, there was enough area without severe weather for about 1.65 million mallard-sized ducks to winter farther north than previously. You know this, people will blame flooded corn, and I am not going to touch that topic completely here today. There's going to be an episode called the corn episode where I dig real deep into this. 
But here's the deal. You can blame flooded corn if you want. But if it is cold and snows enough, ducks migrate south. You could have all the habitat in the world and all the food in the world at northern and mid-latitudes, but if it's cold and it snows, these ducks migrate south. So what's really changed? It just doesn't get as cold as it once did. Now, yeah, there is variation each year, and the average WSI each November to January doesn't capture all those nuances. But it generally describes the long-term kind of long-term pattern of warming that has occurred, okay? If you are just joining us and the term WSI or weather severity index is not clear, go back to episode 8, how we predict the Grand Passage, or also check out the video on the landing page of foulweather.co, that is F-O-W-L weather.co. In a more recent paper by colleagues of mine on changes in the distribution of duck harvest for the Central and Mississippi flyways that just showed up in the Journal of Wildlife Management, they used locations of band recoveries through time and found a shift north of these recoveries for dabbling ducks. Dabbling ducks are two-thirds of our duck harvest in the U.S., right? They found a shift north of 144 to 234 kilometers in December and 186 to 301 kilometers in January. The Fall Weather Podcast analytical team went ahead and calculate, calculated out how many ducks that could hold across the central Mississippi flyway in that area where they're staying farther north than they used to and using standard calculations for how much food there is per unit area and how many birds that could feed. The result is an astonishing 11.4 million ducks that could be fed in that area for 62 days. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. These are not subtle changes, people, that we're seeing, right? In central New York, our duck season on some years could easily go until the end of January. Last year, we wintered nearly 100,000 snow geese in the Finger Lakes region of central New York alone. Okay, another paper. So a secondary validation of the WSI as well. A paper by colleagues in Ecology and Evolution on factors causing mallard migration. They These are uh, monitored mallards with... Um, uh, GPS backpacks, so they they're solar powered backpacks. They record their GPS location every so often, and then determine factors that are causing these birds to migrate. The two large contributing factors were temperature and snow depth, the same primary drivers as our mallard WSI. There's a lot more in this paper as well. It's a really very well developed paper that concludes though by stating. Climate-related changes may result in increasingly variable autumn-winter distributions with implications for duck hunters, conservation planners, and harvest managers. Some folks are trying to state that changes in duck migration are just perception and not reality. But the evidence really seems to be mounting that duck migration is changing and you know, not always for the better. 
All right, that said, I'd say this year has the opportunity to still have quality duck migration events despite the relatively warm average temperatures that we've been having. First, take advantage of those early migrating ducks because they very often still get to the deep south throughout season. Second, set the table for mallards, and if they come, give them hell. But if they don't, please do carry on those duck hunting traditions across duck country, focusing on those early dabbling duck migrants. The conservation of wetlands for wildlife needs you as a loud voice for the wild places we all enjoy. Third, remember that conservation organizations don't control the weather. Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfall are not in some conspiracy to keep ducks north. That would never be in their best interest. It's not in the best interest of duck hunting, right, and in duck conservation. They focus on duck habitat, Ducks Unlimited, and duck hunters, Delta Waterfall, kind of respectively, right? And they want everyone to enjoy the resource from north to south. Okay, so the weather can be variable and good duck migration can still happen even when average temperatures across winter are mild. The prior cold front and this one happening right now, right, these are not full-blown polar vortex disruptions, but they're really a stretched polar vortex, which is basically the planet equilibrating. The recent stretch polar vortex kind of does highlight why the Foul Weather podcast that drops each Monday morning is important to follow because even with a warming planet, we continue to see quality weather events that push ducks south at irregular intervals. Go back and listen to episode 12, our seasonal forecast part two, for more information on what it, what is a stretched polar vortex, right? For now, we'll note that we have another one coming Um, And that's good for duck migration because it pours cold air out of the Arctic and into the central Mississippi and Atlantic flyways, likely pushing ducks south. Alrighty then, on to the forecast about how mallards are on the move. Let's start in the far west, okay? We're going to move around the country here through the central Mississippi and Atlantic flyways. Wyoming has WSI values great enough all week to drive a good number of mallards south, likely into Colorado and places farther south early in the week. A bit farther east, we see mallard WSI values great enough to move some mallards, some I would say, out of portions of central Kansas, but it also is likely that Kansas will pick up some mallards from the north as those mallards move out. Overall, everyone should look for mallard movement into their area from Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Oklahoma, Illinois, Missouri, into Arkansas and Mississippi and places in between. Most of these movements will be Monday night into Tuesday, so for fresh mallards hot from the north, I'd be shooting for a Monday-Tuesday punch in the central and Mississippi flyways. Farther east, mallards should be moving into the latitude of New York all early week, with mallard abundance likely to get near peak on Tuesday and Wednesday in that region. I'd say this is one of the best mallard movements in the mid-continent we've seen in a couple weeks since that real cold front into the mid-continent. For our early migrating dabbling ducks, let's start in the east, where these ducks are pretty much gone from our latitude here in Jack's Reef. Yesterday, we only saw a small number of these ducks left, mostly pintails. I heard one gadwall early in the morning. Um, I missed a greenwing teal, and then some folks did shoot. A um, small number of greenwings got shot. A shoveler got shot. Just kind of some late hanger-ons, right? Um, early in the week, we expect a movement of pintails out of about the Chesapeake Bay region to places farther south and maybe even towards the lower portions of North Carolina. 
Widget and Greenwing Teal should make a major push into the latitude of North Carolina this week with a smaller movement into South Carolina. I know folks in the deeper South really like to hear that, right? Because um, I know South Carolina sometimes is hurting for mallard migration these days, or sorry, duck migration these these days. Farther west, it looks like Tennessee and Kentucky should have fresh ducks, especially pintails. But the deep south should also get some additional pintails and a good number of gadwall, widgeon, shoveler, and green wing teal. Again, with this early, kind of early in the week, stretched polar vortex, that's your best bet. Monday and Tuesday look like winners because of wind direction, proper WSI values, and that full moon also helps them move as, as well. Farther west, I'd actually expect that New Mexico and Texas should get a great push of widgeon and greenwing tail throughout the week. But again, best bet is Monday and Tuesday night, but then again on Friday into the weekend based on favorable winds. So folks, fresh ducks for everyone across duck country in some shape, manner, or form this week with this stretched polar vortex sending cold air into the Mississippi and Atlantic flyways early in the week. The Fowl Weather Podcast forecasts fresh ducks. Know where the ducks are at before the ducks know where they are at. Shoot the ducks fresh from the north before they know where they're at. We will soon be starting to release limited episodes of the Kitchen Conversations and the In the Marsh series, which are conversations with duck hunters in duck country and raw, mic'd up conversations and shoots throughout Duck Country USA. Spread the word about the Foul Weather Podcast. We produce the only duck migration forecast available. Ducks will move. They will migrate. Follow us to find out when and where. Remember to share, follow, and rate us for free. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram. Also look us up on the web at foulweather.co where you can find episode links, recipes, and additional information about how to support the Foul Weather Podcast. We are the forecast to your next successful hunt. Thanks for listening, and as always, may your skies be filled, and shoot straight, my friends.